man, I turned my laptop. I'm so sorry. Ooh, welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Tandy. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. Joining me as ever is my co-host and co-founder, Nyasha Sakatukwa. Wait, you frozen. This is good. Well, that you was stupid. Didn't, that, that could have been the best intro in the world. You I could know. I like I I don't know. Like that literally could have been incredible. I didn't hear a word of it. And you know what? It's probably for the best, but I'm sure you introduced <laughs> me well. Thank you so much, Tandy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Absolutely marvelous. I'm mm-hmm. feeling good. Slightly confused, slightly mm-hmm. annoyed, slightly deflated. And I think yeah. that kind of sums up most people's experiences from, from this race. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Before you introduce yeah. our guest, let me mm-hmm. just remind everyone, if you're watching this, please give us a five-star review on Spotify, uh, Apple Review Podcasts. Make sure you're leaving a review. They really help. And like and subscribe to the video and if you want no adverts and an uninterrupted feed, you can subscribe to our Patreon link in the below. Thank you to all the Patreons who have subscribed. Super, super helpful. Tandy, take it away. So today's guest, uh, we really needed somebody who can give us insight on how it feels to be on the other side. No shade, no shade towards this man or his or his fan base. But we really needed somebody, you know, who's on ground and can tell us how it feels to lose constantly and be disappointed. We've got Vincenzo. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Am I supposed to am I supposed to be happy about that? (laughs) I'm so I was sorry, actually Vincenzo. giving you some cheers. Here you go. There you go. <laughs> We're happy to see you. Do you know what it, it is, it Vincenzo? Like I said, I said we need we need Vincenzo on because Vincenzo, you know, is a long time Ferrari fan. Like yours goes deep. Like your ancestry, we could look at your 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 family tree and we would see a line of, you know, old school Ferrari fans. And so obviously with old school com- Ferrari fans comes with a lot of old school losses and new school losses apparently. And so we needed somebody who we could relate to. And no offense to you, Vincenzo, but we needed it. We needed it. Man. That's okay. That's okay. Use. I'm here yeah? for you. Do you want to know what the bright side is, Vincenzo? Do you want to know what the bright side is, though? I'm afraid to ask, but yes, I do. Australia, because I, I do stalk you, Australia marks the birth of your daughter. And so, you know. It, it does. It does. Yeah, so positive times. <laughs> it, 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 was, <laughs> it was good. Her birth, her, so her first, birth, her first birthday... Uh, coincided with the australian gp weekend last year Mm -hmm. this year was just a week ahead so her birthday's still coming up so that's good and Mm -hmm. yeah so it was a good it it is a good time of year regardless it's always positive when you have blessings like that in your life it's still just not enjoyable when you're Mm -hmm. you know kind of put all your time and effort into watching (laughs) something that you love so much and that just constantly disappoints you or punches you in the face uh so, it, it, how about yeah, them Ferraris? To, to me, it is like we play this game, we mm. meaning uh, Tifosi, right? The fans, mm-hmm. of how badly can they make a mistake each week? It seems yeah. to be 
you know, one mistake, another mistake, some something else happened. I mean, it's always something, mm. right? And this week we had we had we had both. We we had a little mm. bit of everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, Vincent, I, I, I want to ask you. I, I, on the bright side, it wasn't reliability. So I want to ask a you a question, Vincenzo. This is just like personal to me. Sure. I just want to know. Um, who would you say your main driver for Ferrari is in your heart? Who is your number one driver? I, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I will say I'm going to I'm going to preempt this with I am not a driver guy. So to me, it's it's right. not driver. It's always team over driver for me. But mm. I, I do like, you know, I, I like Charles. I liked him since he was, you know, in lower lower levels and whatnot. I want to see him succeed. Right. Unfortunately, and this hurts me to say, I don't feel like he's really the man. Like, you mm-hmm. look at him, you're like, oh, that. you look at Lewis, you're like, dude's the man. You look at Fernando, you're like, For real? he's the man, right? I mean, they just have this air about, there's no question as to who's the man. Even to an extent, uh, you know, you look at someone like, um, well, not to an extent, but you look at Max. You're like, okay, he's the man. He's got the the energy. He, you know, you know that's the man. With Charles, it's it just doesn't feel that way. And I feel like Carlos has a little bit of it, but it's done in a very, it feels almost slimy way sometimes, where they're playing Ooh. a lot of political games in the background and they're trying to almost lobby. Uh, for preference, you know, I want to be number one, and it's like, okay, earn it first, and then come back mm-hmm. and and be number one. But yeah, I I don't know, Charles. I, I like I said, I and I know there's a lot of Tifosi that will disagree and that will probably try to assassinate me after hearing this. But I, I just I don't know. I he's just something about him doesn't feel. And of course, he's been disappointed, right? Cons- consistently with every car he's gotten at, to this point, you know. So I, you can't blame him there, but I don't know. I don't know. So I, is so what I would you're say, essentially? I, yes, I love Charles, and I want to see him succeed. Okay, so you're so what you're essentially saying is you love Charles, you love what he's about. Yes. However, you don't feel that that boy yes. has the dog in him to be. To carry, I don't see. The, the I team. don't see the dog in him. Correct. You don't even see it. There's not no even dog. like a, not even like a, a corgi or a, like like a little like puppy. A, like like maybe a little puppy. Not even Jack Russell. Like a little, <laughs> yeah, little ankle biting. He's Jack like he's puppy. like you know yeah. you know like there was a time when my brother bought back um, a tadpole, and we nursed this tadpole. We I was just so fascinated with tadpole. Little did I know it grew up to be a frog. I didn't know what a frog was. Do you know what I mean? That's what he feels <laughs> like. He's a tadpole, you know? But how soon can a tadpole get us a championship is what Vincenzo is saying, you guys. But do well, you know what, though, well, Vincenzo? What I'll, work together. Come on. what I'll say with you is at least there's this family dynamic. When I asked you... Um, who is like you? You were insulted at the fact that we even have to talk about one driver or the other. However, what's going on? You know, different strokes for different folks. What's going on in our family yep. is obviously there is a detachment with our fans. There is an us versus another, or an uh, other versus us, and so it's quite interesting that throughout you know the the years and the losses, you guys have always stayed as a family. And I do wonder if Mercedes will always stay like that, or it will 
very much take a certain driver's side over the team. But anyway, that's just thoughts with Tandy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> thank you. I'm going to give you a nice thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tandy. That was, mm. that was, uh, I feel like you've, did you nap before this podcast today? I did. I mean, that's like, a nap. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I've never seen you like this in my life. I think like, um, Vincenzo, I think the thing that you always say, right, about Ferrari is mm-hmm. that, and I think one of the things that what we saw with maybe when uh, Benotto was talking to Leclerc, maybe after Silverstone last year, and he was pointing at him, is no one's bigger than Ferrari, right? Um, and, you know, you, you're always driving mm-hmm. for the team because the team is the biggest thing. And look, they are the biggest team in the sport. So kind of going off the back of Tandy's point there and going off of your point, are, and I, we're only in the third race of the season, but are Ferrari and Charles heading into a loveless marriage of sorts if Charles is walking around like you know a scolded child or a spoiled brat because he's not got the toy he deserves or thinks he deserves and Ferrari maybe don't have the enigmatic leader that you know they thought they had with Vettel they had with Alonso and obviously obviously Schumacher I guess is it the the perfect marriage that we thought it would be or are we looking at something worse i would say that with vasur we there there's a step in the right direction um it seems like the dynamic or the relationship is a lot different and obviously charles yeah. has experience with vasur uh so I, I i think there's that it's better but if technically the project is a failure or, or is progressing to fail you we are it's not just this season right there's still two more yeah. seasons before we there's any drastic changes and so that's where it scares me more is is this going to be a wash until 26 in yeah. that case i don't see charles wanting to continue i mean could you imagine at that point uh seven years of failure essentially i mean and and it's spectacular failure right it seems every season is spectacular failure after another one after another or one problem after another no let's not let's not do this let's let's not do this like you know I know it probably feels like spectacular failure to you guys. However, there was a time last year when, you know, Ferrari was a team people were looking at. Like, people were like, I actually like the Ferraris. The Ferraris are actually doing well. So there was obviously, you know, a gap of, you know, growth. There was a gap of, you know, improvement, synergy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. There, there was, yeah. of course. And, and it early on, we were... Excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was excitement. Unfortunately, the season's very long, and there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that can happen. And it, everything that could happen did happen, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I look to even the Monaco failure, you know, the Monaco situation where it's it's his home race, and this kid can't catch a break, right? There's always something. Mm-hmm. This time, he finally finishes a race, and they still found a way to, to screw him over. The, those types of things still bother me, 
even in even if we looked at qualifying <clears throat> uh, this past weekend, yeah, where it seemed yeah. like either Carlos is not obeying whatever orders he's getting, and he's truly throwing a wrench in it, which I think there's a strong possibility that's the case, or they genuinely just don't know how to communicate within the team, which I also think that's the case, and 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 orders are being confused. I mean, the fact that. Charles is getting orders from his engineer after something happens and it's and he you know this and it's this is not one time right this this is nice. consistently happening I, you know I just can't I, I can't see how that is as a driver uh inspiring confidence I can't see how that not only confidence in the current car but as in the organization as a whole and yes Maybe the Ferrari brand is put on a pedestal of, you know, we've got this heritage, and that's great. But when you mm-hmm. haven't won anything, a constructors or a drivers championship since two thousand eight, and again, I know that doesn't seem like oh, okay. Well, it's only whatever fifteen years. That's fifteen years while you've watched the two other teams. I would just completely dominate. I started high school. In 2008. She said that she was in school uniform (laughs) when Ferrari were winning. And that's making me feel old because I dropped out of uni in 2008. (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, um, no. You were still in uni is, in 2008? Is this friendship, I dropped is this friendship even appropriate? Oh, I guess I'm even older. Anyway. <laughs> well, at times when I'm with you, I don't think it is. No. Um, <laughs> so I think that, um, look, I think, look, Vicenza, I think there's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, hearing you talk like that and, you know, I think when uh, obviously Carlos qualified, ahead well he qualified ahead of uh Charles this weekend but he was talking with Fernando and they were having a little giggle about you know the Mercedes aren't as uh aren't as slow as they think they are and and you know a lot of fans of Mercedes and the Mercedes team you know they're like we're in a crisis this car is not quick enough we are not you know we're not fighting for a championship and I guess the frustration that Mercedes fans feel you know, after you know a year of not fighting, I guess for you guys it must feel as if you know, with all the resources you have, and all of the time that you've had to guess to make this car what it you know what it should be. I guess those frustrations at everything kind of top to bottom looking like it's not in a cohesive way. Yeah, it just must be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's you know you look at a, a company that is sole purpose number one purpose is to is to is fast cars right their entire history is racing and then you look at another company that is a drinks brand a marketing company that happens to also race in formula one and is unbeatable maybe the fastest car we've ever seen i saw russell george russell russell said today that he felt like Red Bull was too embarrassed to even show off their full capability, which is scary <laughs> to even think about. Yeah, but it's embarrassing. You know, you 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 see you see something like that, and you just you know it just gets so disheartening, and it's like you we listen. 
we put so much effort into watching, you know, so much of our soul into watching this series go off yeah. every week, every week, every other week, whenever it is. Just give me something to be happy about. That's all I want. I just want a little something. There's there's very little positives to take each week away for for us right now. Uh, that that I I just I would rather be in a situation where you're you know you're like what was it two years ago for Ferrari where it was like we were fighting for that third fourth against McLaren. That was actually really mm. enjoyable because we knew we weren't fighting at the top. There was no if we got a win like great. That was a that was a yeah. big takeaway, and and being able to just see progress was was enjoyable. But now, when you yeah. tasted that little bit, like last year, we tasted really, you know, we flirted with opportunity to to be at the top, and then just to see them constantly fail every every week after. Pretty much, Monaco. I mean, after Monaco, it was all downhill. I thought, yeah. Um, you know, and that that's what hurts the most for me. And I, I use the word hurt because it does. It's like, ugh, come on. No, I <laughs> Get together. Vincenzo, I was, <laughs> I was on the phone to um, Citizen, Citizens Advice Bureau today because um, I'm a real – I'm a real – what? What? I was on the phone that to Citizens – That's adulting. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I felt very adulty. Um so yeah, I was on the phone to Citizens Advice Bureau today. Um because one thing about me, I'm going to complain and make it everybody else's issue. Um if you could phone like a Citizens Advice Bureau for Formula One, Vincenzo, what would a what would a call to the Formula One Citizens Advice Bureau? Yeah, I'll be the person on the phone. Ring ring. Hello, Formula One Citizens Advice Bureau. My name's Tandy speaking. How can I help? Hi, can you please cut Red Bull's um, uh, technical budget by 50%? I'm just going to have to put and... you on hold, sir. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Sorry, you said you were phoning about Ferrari. Uh, no, Excuse Red me, hello? <laughs> yes? He, another one phoning about Red Bull. Okay. Cut the phone. Hello. Because it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth complaining. I know. Um, that was a lesson. But yeah, I get it. I get it. And you know what? I just want you to know that Quick Stop F1 is a place for your complaints. We are here to take your complaints, to make it comedy, and to laugh at your problems. Because, you know, that's what we do here. We laugh at each other's problems. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you know we've invited Vincenzo on here. Like you introduced him as, "Hi, we're gonna get this guy on because you know his team are a bunch of losers, and you know we need someone to help us with the losers." And then you get him to participate in a comedy skit where you hang up on him because his team are a bunch of losers, and and, and now you're just telling us, "No, the, the the podcast is here to hear your complaints, um, but we will hang up on you because we don't want to hear your complaints." Uh, no, do you know what? And, uh... We need to laugh at it because I can see the tears coming down his eyes. So I really have to make this song cry and make it, but make it happy, you know? Um, it's hard. Like, this was us a whole year ago. Do you know what I mean? And probably like two weeks ago. And it's, we're not fully out the mud, you know? Just because we got that little, you know, doesn't mean we're all fully out the mud. But, you know, I have respect for the. No. For the Ferrari team, you know, I have massive respect for the Ferrari team. Everyone apart from Carlos Sainz, I have respect for. Um, 
So it's very interesting to hear that perspective. Well, look, I, uh, there were some quotes, and actually that's a good segue. Mary, can you just get up this quote? Um, so mm. Matt, uh, Carlos Sainz, I think, labelled the decision to uh, penalise him. I mean, look, sorry, the, we're here to discuss the Australian Grand Prix, and this was you know, an absolute <laughs> madness of a Grand Prix. I will fast forward some other stuff, and I guess we'll get into that later, but let's go into like the main meat of... What happened after Kevin Magnussen hits the wall uh, at around lap 54, I think, or whatever? Um, and then uh, and then there's like a safety car period. And then they realize, OK, we need to red flag this race. And the red flag basically falls where on lap 57 or so with two or three laps left, essentially, um, including a formation lap. So it was going to be a two lap showdown to the finish um before we get into the penalty decisions there's been i asked the question on our twitter what do you think should have happened with the end of the race i obviously watched the race um i watched the race on another channel um at 5am with no commentary and a lot of Disarano and Coke. So my recollection until I watched the race back was I, I just couldn't, I couldn't tell. So my vantage point wasn't the best, but obviously you guys were sober. I'll start with you, Vincenzo, because I know you've got some thoughts on it. What was your opinion, I guess, on the decision to run a red flag and therefore like a two-lap shootout? And was that the correct decision? I guess just that part before we get into the penalties. Yep. I did not think that the last penalty desert was deserving or the last um, red flag was really needed. I thought they could have finished it under safety car. The race would have ended the way it did. Uh, and that would have been fine because it's okay yeah. to end the race that way. Now, NASCAR has their overtime rules, which we just mm. saw the race. Well, I, I was watching the rate, the NASCAR race, uh, last weekend, I believe it was. Yeah, I think it was last weekend, wasn't it? And they went into uh, three or four overtimes because they, they – what NASCAR wanted to do was they want to end a race in uh, uh, under uh, clear conditions on the track. Yeah. Which, fine. But in a situation like Formula One, I feel like you – it's there's – you know, there's – I, I don't like it. I just – I don't like it. I don't really love it in, in the NASCAR. I, I'm just not as big a NASCAR fan, so it doesn't bother me as much. And those cars, I feel like you can jostle and bump and do things. They're, they're, they're a little tougher, so you can do those things because when you do restart, you clump everyone back together, and you're inviting – you know, you're inviting that um, uh, uh, more physical driving. You have, to, you have to drive with your elbows out a little bit more, right, when you're driving in traffic. Yeah. Well, in NASCAR, it's a little – I mean, they, they are literally made to be able to bump each other. <laughs> yeah. Here yeah. we can't. So every time you're going to put, especially the state, I think the standing start bothered me more than a rolling start. And I think Max even said this, like, he, they, number one, he didn't feel they needed to go to a red flag on that last one. Totally agree. Yeah. Don't think that was needed. Um, send out a safety car. Let them, you know, let it either be a rolling restart or just end it under safety car conditions. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like the grid or the order at that point of time was completely indicative of the race itself. 
there would yeah. have been no problems. I don't think anybody would have had problems with that. I wouldn't. Yeah. My, you know, my team would have had at least a fourth place finish. Alonzo would have gotten his third. Hamilton second, which made me really happy to see him up there. And Verstappen, you know, again, dominating drive. He deserved the first place at that point. But to go back, it was like, what are we doing here? Because now you're putting them in a position to have to go down that that corner one, that turn one, where we've already seen plenty of issues. Now we're going to do it again. So I'll yeah. stop there because I know you want to go further. No, that's that's great. Um, Tandy, before, oh, sorry, before we get on to the incident that occurred, and obviously we're speaking of science, but um, I wanted to ask you, we keep talking about the FIA, we keep talking about uh, stewarding decisions and stewarding practices. I think mm-hmm. I've heard you say before that F1 is kind of becoming entertainment over sport and you know they're trying to manufacture things did you did you get a sense of that watching the race this weekend with everything that kind of happened with the with the safety cars and 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 the red flags yeah definitely the amount of like chaos that happened in that race is abnormal there's a lot of things that could have been avoided um i'm actually looking at signs quote and he's saying i'm not going to speak or comment on it until i go to stewards and they revert this penalty a furious signs claimed to buy a play it's the biggest disgrace i've seen in sport for many years lol lol and uh whatever i'm going to say i'd rather not say it i'd rather he say it say it with your chest but he knows what he's gonna say it's the truth. However, we know what he, we probably know about the lines of what he's going to say, but he won't say it. And that is what's wrong with Formula One. You make all that money and you're still scared to lose your seat. That's just, that's my. Wow. Mm. That's your, that's your tuppence. I'm not sure he's that's my tuppence. Sure that's, I, I, I don't, I'll, I'll disagree respectfully. I don't think it's about losing mm-hmm. a seat. I think he, I think it's the political game of him not wanting to look like, I mean, he, I, he kind of looks like a little whiny <laughs> child. If you listen to the onboard immediately, he's like, no, that's so unfair. Yeah. I deserve it to be in the points. And it's like, mm, oh, which I don't disagree. He does, mm. you know, he deserves, the, he, I thought he did deserve to be in the points yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it did sound, it sounded a bit whiny the way he went about it. Uh, if, if, if we compare so, some to some degree, how Hamilton handled the twenty one situation, I felt like that was a mm. that was a huge you know he got royally screwed and didn't didn't sound like that at all right yeah um so it's like all right Carlos what are you doing here I mean yes he hit him yes I did not I I didn't think the judgment was justified especially the way they handled the they rolled back the lap essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- there was like to me, the way I saw it was it's like a f- uh, a lap one incident at the start. Lap one, turn one. All these cars. This and this is what unfortunate. And I and I also believe there was a quote that Max said. I don't know if someone could find that quote, but Max said it where it's almost like the like F one is was inviting or the FIA, the stewards, whoever, the race director, you're inviting that to happen because you're yeah. clumping everybody up and you're you're having them race down turn one. Now there's a lot of folks that will say, well, 
Carlos was, you know, that was Bozo driving and he dive bombed into Alonzo. Yes, maybe in a absolute lap 56 situation where they're running after 56 laps, sure. But in a situation where you're coming down, you got everybody bunched up, you don't, you know, it's harder to pay attention to where everybody is at that moment. You're just focused on getting out of that corner. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're professionals. I know. I, you know, I don't want to caveat everything, but <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, look, I think there should don't be some. Feel like you have to caveat. That too. No, not yeah. to you or to people listening that are like, yeah. oh well. Don't. But yes, I, I think that in that situation, you should look at it after the fact. Let's because even with Alonzo and and Aston Martin in that situation last race, you know they allowed him to talk and then they took, they, they overturned it or, you know, in other situations. And we heard this a lot in 21. It's like where the directors giving the teams, you know, Red Bull and Mercedes, they're basically like, well, you guys can decide how you want to, do you want to swap positions or not? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Now, all of a sudden it's now all of a sudden you're not, there's no input from the driver, especially in lap 56. It mm-hmm. took you 17 hours to figure out the Alonzo situation. Now, all of a sudden, you just hand him this penalty. No problem. Like, yeah. I- and and I don't want to say penalties are should be treated differently because that would be, I do believe, like, the rules are rules and they should yeah, be followed. And But... In that situation, again, treat it like a lap one, turn one situation. You should look at – now, if it happened in lap one, I actually think it's even more different because if it happened lap one, you've got an entire race to make up that five-second penalty. Yeah. Yeah, There's there's nothing. There is zero opportunity Mm -hmm. for him to make that up. You've now taken him and given him a set – what? Seven, eight spot I think he went down to 12th. Yeah. 12th. Out of the points – you lose all those points, uh, you know, 10 points or 12 points, what, 10, 12 points, um, you know, championship points, and you had zero opportunity to do anything about it. I, I feel like, you know what, that's a situation that should not be happening. Uh, yes, it would have royally screwed Alonzo, of course, but well. you also are looking at the, the entirety of the situation. Now you've... You've given Stroll and Alonzo a benefit, right? They finished three, yeah. four. Gasly and Ocon are now off because of whatever they went to go decide to go do. And Carlos drops all the way back, and that's it. And he, he actually, so he finished last. I believe he finished last out of all the finishers yesterday. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 100%. And it's not good. Uh, he actually said. Uh, Max, I think if he could have had the safety car and then just have a normal rolling start, we wouldn't have had all these shunts. And then you have a normal finish. So they created the problems themselves at the end of the day. Yep. Where's that meme where it's like uh, the worst guy you know just made a great point? Yeah, just made that, a great that point. Is, that is Max. <laughs> but you know what? Respectfully, like Max is now putting all these like opinions and little two pence in. But bro, he's all the way over there. He could not give a... He, the, he is enforcing rules in a house that he does not even live in, you guys. So I guess that's probably why he cares because yeah. he can't relate. But okay, yeah, no, he's he's mm-hmm. he's uh, he's literally uh, like absent father. He'll, he'll dip in every now and then, check on Did it, you do check your homework, and just duck out again. Do you know how to <laughs> yes, ride a bike? 
<laughs> no, Dad, I need you to teach me. Um, I need you to teach me. I'll, um, I'll come pick you up next weekend. <laughs> thanks, Dad. Um, so, um, what I was going to ask was, um, what's even mad? Uh, there's two things at play here. One, I think we're seeing a new power player in the F1 power rankings with Alonso and Aston Martin. Uh, with the penalty last race getting, you know, getting uh, undone uh, after the race, even though they, they did clearly touch the car and that, you know, under all other circumstances would count as as working on the car. Um, mm. And then this race, them kind of appealing over the radio to get science the penalty and for them to take the race back. I mean, if we look at it, Logan Sargent went, zooming into the back of Nick de Vries. There was no penalty. Uh, Pierre Gasly had one of the most unsafe returns I think I've ever seen onto his own teammate. There was no penalty. And I think I read somewhere that it's just purely, uh, sometimes they don't do penalties when it's on your teammate. I, I don't know if that's mm. uh, The reasoning, because I had a problem with that. And the reason, there's, there's two things, right? Someone said that, well, they can't penalize cars that aren't, racing because they both knocked themselves out so that's the ultimate penalty the other thing was the fia the the team said uh they almost like allow the team to deal with it oh well because it's team on team it's well that's your issue like that you you tell them off at home he's still a driver (laughs) so yeah yeah that is quite interesting isn't it so after you no, I'm, I'm I'm just commenting on what Vincenzo just said. Like, that is quite interesting that they're just told to deal with it on their ones, in their own teams. Which is a bit controversial because wow. certain teams love certain drivers more than the other. But anyway, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look. Mario just made a, just told us in the chat here. So when it's team on team, both drivers come to a stu- go to the stewards and accept responsibility. If both right. of them, both of them say we both have fault, then the FIA lets it go. But I mean, what are they? What else are they going to say? If they're on fault. the same team. What else are they going to say? <laughs> yeah, like they're going to say, well, yeah, we're yeah. both at fault. Yeah, yeah. It's like asking people to mark their own homework. So I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't. It's it feels like since. I think since I always say that I feel like Spa 21 was kind of like a point in time where the FIA and the stewarding decisions stopped making sense. And since then, we've had, you know, Brazil 21, I think, you know, Saudi 21 with the brake check and the deal or no deal. Then obviously Abu Dhabi and then obviously like decisions that have happened last season, Suzuka uh and everything that happened there um and now we're seeing this season with you know the decisions with Alonso last week or last race and now this race with decisions to you know the Alex Albon issue you know that I think they were saying they they red flagged it because of gravel and you know they they wanted to to make sure they could clear the gravel and you're like, oh, okay. And then you've got the, you know, the safety car decisions now where they could have just ended it under safety car, but they didn't. But then they restart the race, but then they don't even take the lap back. So people get penalties for stuff that happened on that lap, but the order is restored to the order that was before the lap, which doesn't make sense. 
None of this makes sense. They want an entertaining package, but they're now conflating safety rules with entertainment. And that doesn't make sense at all. And anyone who gets into this sport must be looking at this sport like this shit doesn't make any sense. And I just, even when I watched the race back, I was perplexed mm-hmm. at what happened on mm-hmm. Sunday. And they just need to, if they're going to do stuff for entertainment, just let us know. Like, I, I keep saying on this show, don't piss on my shoes and tell me it's raining. If it's done, if it's, if it's like for entertainment, then let me know. So I know I'm watching something for Gazy. But if it's, if it's, if it's for safety, then make it for safety. And I don't know that those are my, that's what I had to get out. I thought the week. Albon penalty was, or the Albon red flag was, was okay. Uh, after you, kind of played it back and you saw the big dust kind of mm. cloud and the drivers couldn't yeah. even see it. I mean, he bounced back into the track. So I that one I understood mm-hmm. after really watching. I said, okay, I, that, that that makes sense. And, and I could see why you'd say that's a good move. But the other ones are just, I don't know. They, they felt less warranted Needed. and more mm. like, hey, we want to make this as exciting as possible. Because the race otherwise, if you take the red flag situations away, I wouldn't say the race was super exciting, right? It wasn't like this. Yeah. The start was great. It was awesome seeing Max get overtaken by the Mercedes. I, I was awesome. I was cheering the hell out of that. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> right? I mean, they took off. George George took – George was shot out of a cannon. Oh, I mean, yeah. Absolutely incredibly. Um. Lewis had a great drive. Everything I was like, okay, this is this is good. But other than that, it wasn't like the race had something going on. So what are the you know, you start to look at red now we're gonna red flag races. And if I'd like to see if that becomes a trend, right? First race in history to feature three red flags in a race. Three red flags. The first one. Fucking hell, mate. First one. First ever. Uh, and it would be Australia. Well, we don't have a race for a month now. Or three weeks, three weeks you know, yeah. it's a spring, it's a spring break. So I, it, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you start thinking like, okay, were they trying to make this super exciting? Cause they know they have three, you know, a three week gap in between. You have to get people excited for what's going to happen at Baku another street track. And I'm like, look how excited <laughs> you're literally making Tandy. So excited. Look, how, look, how she's like, Literally, I don't think I had like the Churchill dog. I can't believe this. He's uh, been drinking are you happy with the, the cuckoo juice. Theory, oh, he's been drinking from the fountain <laughs> of madness, and I love it because that's what you need to be. You actually have to have your eyes open. If I start bringing in equations of Australia, why Australia? You know, you guys call me mad, but it could actually be true. And Vincenzo, I do not like dispute anything you've just said at all. It makes complete sense to me, sir. So, yes, continue. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I hope I hope it has nothing to do with anything. I, I and and that's well, the fan in me. The fan, the the, the mm. that's the fan of a single team in me. The fan of the series as a whole. I look at it and I say, this really feels unpolished. You call yes. yourself the pinnacle of motorsport, and this just feels very rough. Very. Almost like it's a brand new sport. Let's figure out how to do things. Yeah. We don't know how to interpret our own rules. We don't. Yeah. I mean, the NFL, uh, you know, uh, American football, they had this challenge, and I, they probably, I think, still do, for the longest time with um, what constitutes a catch. 
And it seemed like for okay. a long time, every game that you would watch had some critical moment come down to right. a player making a catch that is obvious to everybody. But then all of a sudden, the referees go and say, well, we have to take a look at it because the ball slightly moved before he dropped to the ground. And if it did, uh... then we have to call it a no catch. And so they would go. I mean, this happens in, in football as well with, with VAR and offside. Yeah, VAR, where the fingernail, he's got a hangnail yeah. and it's off. Oh, well, that's offside. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what it feels like is happening with, with the pinnacle of motorsport. We're we're mm. over analyzing every little thing. Then, then yesterday with Max's, Max was all of a sudden people are paying attention. Not not that people were never paying attention to this, but the starting boxes because of the yeah. Alonzo situation. Now people, I saw a lot of folks online saying complaining that Max was over the box, even though his tires were touching the line. Yeah, there was all of a sudden people are interpreting this, and it's like. This is what I feel like the inconsistency of the FIA and the you know understanding of regulate. This is what it does. People start finding any little thing they can and complain. So now you have a fan base that's just making shit up, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Putting it out yeah. there. And but this is how your sport yeah. becomes perceived because real reality is how your fans of your sport or series talk about you. That's your brand. And this goes for yes. marketing as well, right? How people talk about your product—that's your brand, not what you think you're. That's not what you think you're saying. And so that's where I'm like, you know, F1 has really got to reel it in. I I, mm. I almost feel like there's got to be an F1 F, uh, FIA battle coming up at some point because FIA yeah. is making F1 look stupid and devaluing this product that Liberty Media is trying to prop up. Well, you can't do that when people are, you know, I think calling the sport dumb, boring. They don't even know rules. Like, what What am I watching for? Well, Viewership starts to decline, and then it's like no one cares about it. Now we're back in 2017 all over again. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I think. I would rather have they, 2017 was, rules, to be fair. Just saying. I'd rather have 2017 rules, but I don't want 2017. Oh, to be fair, 2017 racing was okay, but. The, what I was going to say kind of on that kind of level was that 2021, they had such an opportunity and if they had just followed their own rules in 2021, there wouldn't be this big kind of, I guess, controversy over how that ended. And I think this big mistrust with the FIA that a big portion of fans have. And I think what's happened is I think a lot of people used to think, oh, you know, Hamilton fans or Mercedes fans just don't like the FIA because of what's happened in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, the FIA, you know, they have a hard job, et cetera, et cetera. But I think slowly but surely the conversations that Hamilton fans have been having about the FIA and how um, how inconsistent they are and how wrong they are, those are now starting to seep into other fan bases who week after week someone else gets messed over someone else gets messed over the sport in general starts to look bad and like i say that's what people are talking about now you know news articles are saying what's going on so if it's embedded in news articles if it's embedded in the media if it's embedded online like you say this is becoming what f1 is about and instead of i think taking advantage of what could have been an incredible moment and an incredible season and going forward we now have a a series where i think 
the officiating and the out of track stuff dominates more than you know the product on track which is which is a shame which is a shame um right at this point we're going to go uh and do stars of the day donkey of the day you may hear an advert here so welcome back if you're still watching Make sure you're giving us a five-star review. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a like and Apple podcast reviews. That was all over the place. But just support us and let people know that we're sick. Word of mouth works as well. Um, I will start with Tandy. Can I have your first star of the day, please? From the Australian Grand Prix. I am going to go with uh, Lewis on his first podium. The first podium for Mercedes of the season. We're hoping it's not the final one. We're hoping we get races Mm. more like that. Obviously, I hated the fact that, you know, a lot of this race was rigged in a lot of, you know, restarts, a lot of random restarts, a lot of stuff that didn't need to happen, which can, you know, sometimes make us question if someone should be where they are. But no doubt in my mind, to be fair, Lewis's second restart, guys, you should have seen the man was on Vim and he was definitely doing what he needed to do. So I'm going to give Lewis my, yeah, my donkey of the week, the month, star, the week, star, star of, the, of the day, star Stop. <laughs> Stop. no look Stop. uh lewis was uh incredible mm-hmm. this weekend that start off the line um uh going on the inside of max who was not happy i think you know there was a quote from max uh where he was like you know the rules of engagement have changed for this season you're supposed to leave people room on the outside um and he is uh now aware of that you know he feels that he got run out and so he's going to do that before not that he yeah. did that again sorry not that he needs an excuse to be an absolute terrorist but there, there you go Mario has just added in that Lewis Hamilton becomes the first driver in Formula One history to score a podium in 17 consecutive seasons. So there you go. Even though, you know, he is obviously in a very rubbish car, which I would like to say now, and I can confidently say, I have been saying all se- like since we started this season, that I definitely think this is a way better car than last year. A lot of people have had their doubts. I think this car is better than last year's, but that's just me saying that. Um, why... You don't look very happy, Nyasha. I'm um, I'm reserving judgment on that statement until okay. the Same. next race. Right. Okay. Um, that is I was th- fine. Oh, sorry. Um, That's that was my thinking face. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Lewis is definitely <laughs> the guy for me. Um, yeah. Oh, and I also will give a little nod to Pierre Gasly for getting away with murder because we saw you. <laughs> but nobody else saw you. So congratulations. <laughs> Look, yeah, just uh, just because you didn't get penalised doesn't mean just. you didn't get caught. Um, mm-hmm. um, Vincenzo, I guess any thoughts? I know you mentioned it earlier. Actually, let me ask you something. As an outsider, earlier you mentioned political natures of supposed second drivers or teammates to the main star and radio messages used to kind of gain power 
um, which kind of reminded me of one George Russell um, and the uh, the radio messages sent at the start of the race when I uh, I think he said I think uh, Mario get this up but he was like you know you're telling me to uh, preserve my tires or manage my tires but I've got my teammate attacking me um, what do you want me to do um, you, you just rolled your eyes there for the people on podcast. I guess what are your thoughts on I'd love to get your thoughts on that situation and you know but I guess your thoughts on on George Russell because I I feel like him and science have that kind of I have something to prove and I'm going I'm you know almost like a self-preservation thing in common I there's a couple things that I'll I'll say before going into that I think I think uh, and they're about Charles and Lewis Mm. Charles is the, the the let's say he's the man there, right? We know he's the yeah. golden boy. He is the the future of the team when signs join. So you're you're already kind of behind a little bit as the second driver. Same thing with with Russell. Hey, you're joining a team with the greatest driver of all time, and you now have to uh, prove your value. Now, of course, prove your value on the track with your driving. Let your driving do the talking. But you have to – you can't just lay down. You, you, you ha- As a driver, you need to uh, – those radio communications are very important. You know, that's – you set the tone for how you want the team to also treat you. Do you know what you're you – know, are you going to be forceful? Can you make decisions? Uh, are you just going to lay down? Well, no driver is going to lay down. Remember, there's only 20 of these people in the world – they get to drive in Formula One. So, as someone who is pretty competitive, you know myself, like I would never say this to any of the drivers. Well, just because you're number two, like I don't want you to be forceful or have that passion yeah. or have that. So <clears throat> you already, as a fan, whether you're a Lewis fan or a Max fan or a Ferrari fan or a Charles fan, you have to know that the other drivers always going to be driving with that mentality, that number one mentality. All of these guys mm-hmm. should. And the ones that don't, you know, their careers don't last long. Yeah. Um, so so there's that. George, same thing. I mean, he's not coming in to play second fiddle to Lewis. I, I, I never thought that he was. Do I I think that it's clear that Lewis is number one? Yes, based on history, of course. But George shouldn't drive like he's not fighting for that number one spot, right? It just and he shouldn't act like that either. Um, you also don't want a situation like Lewis had in the past. So how do you avoid that? That's something for the team, I think, to figure out. And and, and I so I do believe there should be some sort of while it, it may not be. This is number one. This is number two. Maybe each race is a little bit different, right? We're going to approach this race differently. Where I think teams or strategies get really confusing, and Ferrari does this all the time, is putting both drivers on the exact same strategy. Because now now you're almost asking for these problems. Because, yeah, yeah of course. And I don't know what the situation ex- was with George and Lewis that time, if they were on the same strategy, the same time. I have, I don't, I didn't pay attention to that. But it's happened with Ferrari where it's like they're both on the same strategy to start the race. They're both on the same tires. There's no way – you know, they're both very quick 
all these drivers are very quick, right? We're racing within <laughs> thousands of a second, tenths of a second. So if both drivers are within thousands of a second per lap, you know, each delta is getting is they're going around the track at the same speed. How can you expect them to be like, well, I'm I'm slower, so I'll give him my space. Yeah. Well, no, we're both tr- lapping at the same speed. Why am I going to give up my position? Because f- for what? For what reason? So, I, I, you know, that's I'll, – so I'll say all that. George, he does sound kind of annoying in his race calls sometimes. <laughs> I, I will I will tell you that. I, I'm just it's almost like – He does a little – he sounds a little annoying sometimes um, mm. just because it's like – that the whole PR sixty three thing, I'm like that. I get the nick. I understand the nickname more and more every time I hear his radio calls. He's like, "Well, what about the rain should be coming now?" And I think it's going to be around. And it's and, and they're like, "No, no, George, no, you're good. Just keep just keep going." Well, what about Alonzo's penalty? He's got a penalty. Well, he already served that, George. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. I, but this is how these drivers. I will say this. I think this is how these drivers should be thinking. They should always be with the mentality of. I'm number one. I want to win the race. Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. I don't doubt that. Tan, anything quickly to add on that before we go to Vincenzo? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. She said she has said everything she needs to say about one George Russell. Um, Vincenzo, um, who I know probably donkey today will probably be easier for you to choose, but yep. who was your star of the day? <laughs> I, w- I mean, I, I was going to say Lewis if I went first, so I won't say Lewis now just because you've already said it. And I, I do Thank believe you. Lewis was was that number one. But I, you know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna look at uh, even though Stroll knocked Leclerc out, I thought he had a really good drive. <laughs> yeah. After that situation, um, again, that was just, that was that first lap, first turn. Yes, it's your fault, mm. but what are you gonna do in that? In that moment, it, all the cars are so bunched up. So I will give him a pass on that for the rest of his performance. I thought was was really good, and he's yeah. been so consistent. Uh, you know, aside from a reliability issue, he's been really consistent this year. Um, I, I, I think he gets a lot of shit for being you know Lawrence Stroll's son, but he his performance. You know, Latifi, you want to call Latifi a pay driver, right? Because he brought in all this money, but he yeah. was an absolute ass. I think Stroll proves that he, he can drive a car, and he does pretty well at mm-hmm. it. And now with another yeah. driver like Alonzo, not taking away from Vettel at all, but I think Alonzo is clearly still firing at that I want to win a yeah. World Drivers Championship mentality. I think that's really helping Lance, and I, and I'd like I hope that mm-hmm. he continues that. So I'm going to go with Lance as my star, and and honorable mention to Checo because yes, the car is an absolute rocket ship, but he was. Watching him pass some of those cars was like, ah, wow! I see what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Checo, Checo looked good. Checo looked good. Um, <clears throat> so um, I'll get back to that in a second. Tandy, yeah. Do you think that Lance <laughs> will now have like F1 as his passion now that he's got like a good car and a teammate that will actually, you know, spur him on or does he still want to be a painter? You know, um, sometimes I'm backstage at like festivals and shows and stuff. And there's oh, always like, I'm back in the music industry. Um, and there's always like, you'll meet like a team <laughs> and an artist 
um and you'll meet like their team and you'll know like that's the manager that's manager times two that's tour manager you know and then you'll meet someone and you'll be like so what what do you do like what are you doing here you know and um that was always Lance Stroll just really happy to be there wearing the fan t-shirt wearing the staff you know the crew stuff you know and then, you know, one day you'll go to the same festival again, two years later. And he'd be like, yeah, you know, I've started to write now. The label have actually taken me on. You know, I'm writing a few songs, nice. you know. Actually, I actually attributed to that one hit. And you're like, oh, so you hung out Good enough for you. for you to then become something within the team. And I'm so happy for Stroll. Listen, this is not even me, like pissing on Stroll's happiness. I'm happy that he got that one little bit in the chorus that gives him, you know, his accolades. And I'd love to see, like, Stroll absolutely succeed. As I said, like, imagine, you know, you've bought your son a team and now you get to tell him, like, son, your teammate is about to be Fernando Alonso. Come on. Like, I am so... Incredible, (laughs) right? Make sure you get your pictures before, you know, he hates you. Anyway... I'm happy for him. So there's nothing actually wrong with it. You know, you get people like that in all mm-hmm. industries. So yeah, happy for Stroll. Do I think Alonso will stab in the back? 100%. There's no saying, there's no saying Alonso won't stab him in the back. There's no saying Alonso's looking at him like a teammate. There's no saying Alonso's looking at him like first driver. So there's that. However, wow, so it is, he, is quite... Is he really stabbing him in the back if he's not... If he's... if he's, he, What's he stabbing in the back for? Alonso's number he one. Will, he will happily do that. Vincenzo, he will happily do that. There's no way in saying... I don't disagree, I'm, I'm, but... I'm, I'm hypothesizing what can happen in the future, or should I say will happen in the future, if he is given the opportunity. And I'm not lying about this. Come back to this conversation and we'll chat. But what I'm saying is... What I'm saying is... That, you know, for Stroll, it's a nice experience from being back of the freaking line that he was last year and the year before that. For sure. And look, mm. uh, Vincenzo, uh, you know, uh, and, and a really good choice. And look, uh, when he had a good car in there, the pink Mercedes, he had a pole position uh, in great, con- uh, you know, changing conditions or uh, slick, no, slick conditions oily conditions in Turkey. Um mm-hmm. and he you know he led a large portion of that race. He's had podiums. So he's no bum. Like, you know, like I said, Latifi was a bum. I think uh Mary's put a stat in here that, you know, Latifi scored nine points to Stroll's 127. You know, Latifi is You really not, wanted to yeah, just I mean, throw that in, like sprinkle that I in. That. Latifi no, was a bum. Let me say that <laughs> Bum, absolutely bum, and I'll say that gladly. Look, respectfully, obviously, I can't drive a car. You know, I can't drive a Formula One car. Obviously, a TV can, but in no, in relation to everyone else, he was not great. So, um, my mm. driver or starter day is oh, it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm gonna say Nico Hulkenberg. Um, uh, really, purely because he. I think, I think, you know what? That Haas, you just don't know what the mm. level is because yeah. Schumacher was dunking on Mazepin and we're like, oh, Schumacher's pretty good. And then Magnussen comes in and he dunks on Schumacher and you're like, okay, Magnussen's pretty good. And then Hulkenberg comes in. Now he's dunking on Magnussen. And I don't know if that car has more pace in it or if Hulkenberg's just doing a great job or Magnussen's just not At doing it. At one point, well Hulkenberg year, was in fourth. 
He was, and you know that's why they appeal. They were appealing the the race decision because they wanted to get the third place um, mm-hmm. off of Fernando Alonso. Because if the results were kind of pulled back a lap, or they just kind of kept the order after the crash, or whatever, then you know Fernando Alonso finishes uh, probably in fourth. Or so, yeah. I, I'm gonna say Hockenberg three Q ones uh, in a row. I think in a house, that's great. Q3, sorry, in a row, in a house, that's great. I was going to say Yuki for finally getting a point. Um, but I just think what Hulkenberg's doing, I was slating him. I think I have to apologise. I didn't think he'd be on piss this mm. year. So I I think from where my estimation was to where it is, I think. Nico Hulkenberg, I apologise. You're a competent driver in what looks like a fairly competent car. Vincenzo, did you agree with that? I saw your face. Don't know if you were. No, I, li- I like plus. it. I, I was actually impressed. I was, I, cause I, it, he skipped, totally slipped my mind. Yeah. And I, uh, for, for the same reasons, I would have loved to see the race continue after that slight shunt, uh, signs knocking off Alonzo. That would have likely given Carlos a penalty and Hulkenberg yeah. would have gotten a podium, I believe. So, that was a um, signs, so, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I I like it. That's that's a good one. I was actually shocked you didn't say Lando Norris to an extent because I thought he mm. he had a pretty good drive. There's no question that that McLaren is an absolute. That's a true donkey, right? Yeah. Um, but but he him and Piastri got his first points in his home circuit, so that was nice too. But I, yeah, I thought I, I just thought you were gonna say Lando. That's why I. That's why I have. You know what? Going. As much as people online keep peddling about. There's no British bias. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, there's Hamilton bias on this podcast, and but British bias, I'm not that fussed about everyone else. Oh, I feel like I remember the conversation we had now where you were like, you don't trust Lando Norris. Who said they didn't trust Lando Norris? Was it Tandy? And then Vincenzo, you were unhappy about the fact that we didn't trust Lando Norris. See, I'm, not, I'm, not a Lando, I'm not a Lando fan. Yeah, I don't. I I don't love Lando Norris, mm. but you know, driving a driving a crappy car shows character. So, you know what? I got to give does. him credit where credits due. Yeah, 100%. I can give you that. To be fair, okay. Yeah, Lando. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lando. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> donkeys okay <laughs> oh, there's so many. Um, Vincenzo. Uh, donkey of the day. I, I just. Who are you going to choose for your? Aside donkey from of the, the day? race director, I would say, <laughs> uh, signs. I just absolutely like signs. I have to just purely from that last that last moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, want to go yeah. into depth. You just. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, it's. I'm gonna it's have to side with you, Vincenzo. To be fair. Definitely signs for me as well. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, it's yeah. okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if mine was predictable, but he just he just drove right into it, you know. Ha 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 ha! He um the problem with signs is that the problem with signs is he. I mean, Leclerc has a mistake in him but Charles Charles' mistakes are that he will 
on his own just run himself off the road and obviously i don't know if that's better or worse or whatever but you know he will have a his bozo gene will just activate and you know like we saw in france and like we've seen in Azerbaijan coming up pray for him um, but like you know he can just crush out on his own Imola but Carlos Sainz in wheel-to-wheel battle sometimes I just it can leave a little bit to be desired um, and that mistake at the weekend it, it did it smelled of desperation I'm not gonna lie it felt a bit desperate um oh. Yeesh. Yeah, is is that what you? I thought? don't disagree. I don't disagree. Okay, yeah, sorry. So no, no, right? We're gonna move on. Um, I am gonna say that my, my donkey today. Oh man, I mean, you know what? For for, I want to say Alex Album because he threw away like some really good points. Um, but I don't know if he there was an issue on the car before he crashed it. So I don't want to like say Alex but Alex album for crashing it I'm gonna go with Logan Sargent I know there was I know there was like smoke the sun was low um you know but I mean it reminded me of Bottas in Turkey the way he just nerfed Nick DeVries completely out of the race there it was like really bad so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Logan Sargent purely just was very amateur hour in my eyes um and a shame as well because he started well um so yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go any more on that um that is that i guess vincenzo before we let you go um hopes for the future what are your hopes for this what are your what, what would you want from this season what would represent from this point knowing what you know now what represents mm-hmm. success this season for 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 Ferrari or just in general? For Ferrari, yeah, for Ferrari. I I would love to see them I would love to see things run a lot, you know, more smoothly. Uh yeah. communication, better communication, radio calls that are on time, you know, strategies that make sense. There's no reason why some, you know, those of us sitting and watching at home should be able to have better strategy calls than, yeah. than the team itself yeah so i know that's not yeah. really something ta- you know like quantifiable it's more qualitative but it, it is it's it, you know when you watch it i would rather them i would rather see them finish you know third fourth fourth fifth but things went well they just and maybe they just don't have the pace right it's just yeah. not there then us be able to taste victory but lose out on things because of these stupid mistakes, uh, which right. is what happened last season, right? So many idiotic mistakes that seem to pile up, especially with, you know with the strategy. So, so for me here on out, you know, let's. I, I would love to see a Leclerc win in Monaco. I, I the kid, I, I think he just. I mean, he needs that for his own confidence. Yeah. Um, that I would love to see. That would be that would be a, a one of those things that you check off and say. You know what? Not a bad season. I would love to see them do well um, in in Italy in the races in Italy. Yeah. Th- that I think the, the Tifosi need. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, wins are very hard to ask for right now. So I would say, 
I would say that I want I just want to see the team operate smoothly. I want to know that Vasur is running a tighter ship than it felt like uh, Binotto was running, and I want to know that there's some semblance of of uh, leadership in the team. Yeah. Again, these are all qualitative, nothing quantitative, because how do you, how do you how do you say leadership is quantitative? I don't think it is. So, uh, but I didn't think that Binotto necessarily had it, and it it proved it time and time again um yeah uh, that's it I, I don't i don't think signs will be around long term so I, it doesn't really matter but if yeah. they're trying if they want to have a driver that is going to be with them like leclerc then they need to start just doing things that instill confidence in the, the people that are in the seats those two drivers that are in their seats they have to be confident when they get in that car that they're going to get the right strategies they're going to get the right calls uh, there, it won't be constant mistakes. Things that happen on the track happen on the track. That's fine. So I, I'm okay with those. But I, yeah. I, listen, I'll be really excited as of right now if we finish third in the constructors championship. I would be very excited. That would be. But I realistically, I, I think fourth is where we're gonna we're gonna be. And yeah. if McLaren starts figuring things out, we might be fighting for five. So don't worry. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. No, no, no. Zach Brown will start. will keep getting sponsors, and and <laughs> no one will understand it. But <laughs> no, fair play, fair play. Well, look, um, thank you for coming. Oh fuck, we've got one announcement actually. Tandy, quickly, tell the world. Hi guys, um, welcome to Quick Stop F1 podcast where we give you online content but we also give you in-person content and with that being said I would like to introduce to you the arrival of Quick Stop live season three, oh no episode three, season three. Me and Yasha are super excited to be collaborating with Everyman Cinema to bring you our biggest show yet. Um, plenty, plenty, plenty tickets, but again, not enough tickets for you to hit my phone up and say, Tandy, can you get me in? Because I cannot. So tickets go on sale this Thursday. So you guys will be listening to this. This is released tomorrow. So it will be this week, this Thursday, which is the 5th? 6th. 6th. It's the 6th, 6th. 6th of um, April. Bright and early. Make sure you get them because once they're gone, they're gone. I can guarantee we still have we've set we've kept some themes from our previous venue. You know, we're always gonna feed you. You're never gonna leave without hungry with a hungry with a hungry stomach. You're always gonna drink. You know, with Zimbabwean. But this time it's a bigger venue and it's gonna be so much more exciting. And we have a lot of like exciting surprises for you guys. So make sure you hit up that ticket link and don't hit me or Nyasha in the DMs about free t- tickets because you're not getting them. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, yeah, I don't know if it was clear from that. Um, thank you for that. Um, but we will be screening Brazil 21 in a cinema. Um, so come and watch Brazil 21 with us. And obviously there'll be a live podcast afterwards. Free popcorn for every uh, every ticket and a free drink of your choice. Um, all for you. So if you want to come, Vincenzo, we'd love you to come. Obviously, it's a little bit far for you. But are you, are you going to any of the races in America this year? Uh, I am working on, on being at Miami. And yeah. uh, and Vegas, I'm, I'm working on those. I'd like to go to uh, Austin, so I'd like to go to all three of those. And mm. I'm planning on Montreal, but I, I, I oh. again, 
just haven't figured out. So I'm trying to hit all of the North American races this year. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, look, we're going to be in Austin and Vegas. So if you're around, okay. we would love to see you and yeah. link up. Um, but thank you so much for coming. Honestly, you're Thanks one of our me. most favorite guests. I'm going to give you a cheer properly this yeah, time. Yeah, man. Thank you. Much appreciated. Vincenzo, where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter, at Vincenzo Landino. That's that's the best place. That's where I'm I'm pretty active and and I usually respond. So I'm there. Yeah, no, lovely. Sorry, love Tammy, it. did you want to shower Vincenzo with with praise? Just yeah, now. I wanted to say Vincenzo is literally one of my favorite Formula One content creators or influencers. So uh, big respect to you. Big respect for being like a Ferrari fan and like you know keeping the hopes up and always like keeping people entertained on his Twitter. And as I said, he is someone you need to definitely follow on Twitter for like insights and good opinions because yeah. not everybody on twitter has a good opinion oh. yeah no no for sure I, I love the breakdowns that you do about f1 in business yeah. and the f1 in america stuff and f1 in marketing it, it's kind of opened my mind up in ways that i would not have had previously so yeah, I mean, genuinely thank you going for going for vincenzo and follow us at quick sub f1 thank you so much for watching um like subscribe let us know below what you thought of the race what you think of this podcast and you know as seems to be the case when i go on other platforms just let me know if you don't like me so there's all of that there and <laughs> remember no matter what life throws at you keep it on keep the black, it on the stuff. black stuff until next time <laughs> take care